So the big question is this, how are real estate investors who don't have a ton of free time, don't have access to off-market deals, and didn't start life on third base? How do we grow a real estate business conservatively to support our families, finally leave the corporate rat race, and build a legacy? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I'm Ed Matthews, and this is Real Estate Underground. This is the Real Estate Underground podcast show number 43. Hey, everybody, Ed Matthews here with the Real Estate Underground Road Trip Edition. I am down in New Jersey. I was just looking at some properties down in the Philly area and also use that as an opportunity to go see my daughter, Katie, and, and buy her dinner because living on ramen noodles, being able to provide her with a decent meal is always a good thing as a college student, right? Today is a really cool show. So one of the things that I'm huge in terms of focus on and very interested in is creative ways to buy real estate, creative financing. And today we are joined by Zachary Beach. Zach, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for your time today. And yeah, uh, it's really okay. good to see you, my friend. No, I love it, Ed. No, I'm excited to be on here and spend some time with you. Talk about a business write-off, huh? You get to go see right. your daughter, exactly. go go look at some properties, have a nice dinner, a nice business write-off for you. Uh, yeah, and that, that's awesome, and congrats. And actually, she's technically a member of our LLC, too, so the dinner itself was a board meeting, so that was fantastic. You gotta love those family board meetings. I've been a part of many of them. Yeah, I'm sure you have. So, Zach, uh, I've gotten to know you through Chris and your brother-in-law, Nick. So why don't you tell us about your background and who you are and why you're here? Sure. Yeah. I'm here because you invited me. Yeah, I, invited I, don't you, right? I, yeah. I don't know if I qualify for that. Uh, yes, yeah, because exactly. You haven't vetted me yet. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm Zach Beach. I'm the COO and partner at Smart Real Estate Coach, or we know as Wicked Smart. Really, about in 2014, I was a bartender and personal trainer, and I really was burning the candle at both ends, me and my wife, actually. We were living down in Newport, Rhode Island, which is a big tourist-driven area. Originally came from Central Mass. I moved down there because I just needed to get out of the area in which I was originally in. So I started bartending because I really had no idea what I wanted to do when I got out of college. And I eventually found myself in this rat race, per se. So I would stay up really late every single night, bartending and serving all the tourist drinks. To 2, 3, 4 in the morning, I'd get home, I'd take a power nap. And then I'd wake up and I'd go to the gym and start personal training. Those people then from like 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. to say 10 a.m. as well. So as you can see, there just became a point where you're I'm completely burnt out. I remember yeah. having a conversation with my wife. We were sitting there, it was like 4 in the morning in one of this one-bedroom apartment that we were renting at the time. And I said to her, I said, look, there's got to be a better way. So luckily at the same time, you mentioned their names. My father-in-law, Chris, is actually reinventing his business because he got crushed in 2008 and, and focusing on this creative financing niche. And I went to him and I said, hey, you know, I have no idea if I'm going to like real estate. I have no idea if I'm going to be good at real estate, but it's going to be better than what I'm doing right now. So I had that conversation and I just started with a cold call list to expired listings. And that's where my real estate journey began, which was between the time of noon and two in the afternoon, on top of the other jobs I was working, I just started cold calling. And I got to a point where I felt really comfortable. Me and my wife created a plan, and we ended up exiting the bars within four months of that time frame. Wow. And then just went full-fledged into real estate investing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Head first, feet first, whatever you call it. Either way, I was like Cortez, and I was burning the shit. Yep. And so in terms of the asset classes that you tend to focus on, memory serves, it's predominantly, if not exclusively, single family, right? 
Yeah, about 95% of our business is single-family residential homes. We also do buy uh, some multifamilies. We purchased our commercial building, which is a mixed-use building down in Newport, Rhode Island, where we have some great tenants like Allstate. So we have a building like that that we bought fully on terms on owner financing as well. So we definitely fit into all different niches because really the acquisition is just really how do I create a creative strategy where I don't have to go acquire a large bank loan, where I don't have to put down large down payments, where I don't have to sign personally on debt. I mean, we were adding up the numbers because we just had a recent event. And this isn't more for Brian, this is more for experience. And we've done over $100 million worth of creative financing deals. And not a single one of those deals did we ever get our credit run or a background check or a personal guarantee, nothing. Throughout okay. that process. So if I can do it as being this absolutely naive bartender, then certainly anybody that's listening to this can figure out a way to get this thing done as well. So talk to me about the attraction to real estate, right? I mean, you're clearly a smart guy. So you could have done anything. I'm sure you were a great bartender and you were a great personal trainer and you probably would have been a great stockbroker and whatever else you wanted to decide sure. to do. So why real estate? Like, what is it about real estate that is for you? Yeah. The funny thing is I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. I happened to have a family that I ended up marrying into and I was dating my wife, Kayla, my better half. I've been dating her since sixth grade. So I knew the Prefontaines my entire life and I knew that they were doing something right compared to, and I come from a single mother. She was a cashier at Lowe's. There was never enough money at the end of the week. It's not like I was going into real estate being like, hey, I'm financially savvy. I know if I invest in real estate, I get great returns. No, I just knew that there was a lifestyle that my family was living that I wasn't. And it seemed as though they were always involved in real estate. So I said, there's got to be something behind this. So really just being the right place at the right time. You're right. If if my family was in stockbroker or if my family was in multifamily or something, I probably would have found myself in that position at that time. And really what I ended up falling in love with real estate though. So it wasn't like I was like, real estate's my thing. What I ended up falling in love with real estate was I started to realize that you can outwork people, which becomes like, that's how I've been part my entire life has been. I was always the poor kid in a rich town, had a chip on his shoulder, was always trying to figure out a way to outwork everyone. That's how I always got everything in my life. What I started to realize was that real estate was the same way. It real yep. estate rewarded hard work. So true. Especially at first. Especially at first. Then eventually it rewards working smart. But at right. first, as we know, the barrier to get involved in real estate is very low. I mean, you got realtors, you got brokers where you have yeah. mortgage lenders, you have single family residential homes, like wholesale fix and flips. Yep. The yep. barrier to entry is not very high. That means that especially in good markets, you have a flood of people that come in and it's the people that outwork and actually work the system that eventually succeed in real estate. And that's when I started to fall in love with real estate because I said, all right, this is something that I know if I can put my nose to the grindstone and continuously work on my personal development, that I can get to a point where I can be successful here because it can eventually become predictable. So I fell in love with it. Absolutely. And, And you hit upon a couple of points that I found really interesting. One is systems. We interviewed Ron LeGrand a few weeks ago, and that episode is coming up. But one of the things that he always said, and it resonated with me, it was the less I work, the more I make. 
And that is all about systems, right? That's about being smart or wicked smart uh, mm-hmm. in terms of creating leverage, operational leverage, financial leverage to be able to acquire a property. And the thing that I love about real estate, and it, you, you kind of hit on it as well, is you can touch it, right? Mm-hmm. You can actually touch it and affect the value of it whether that's pushing a paintbrush or replacing a cabinet or kitchen cabinets or redoing a bathroom or a new roof or new windows or whatever, whether that's on a small scale with a single family home or on a much larger scale with multifamily, the process, the motions are the same, right? It's just a matter of how big of an asset you want to tackle. And I respect the hell out of people who come from single parent homes. I am one of those people as well. And the fact that your current situation wasn't good enough for you and you realize that you could work your way out of it. And it's so true. And you and I are both living proof of that. So congrats to both of us, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. Congrats to you, Ed, for bringing me on. Awesome job. No, um, (laughs) that's so funny. But I married well too, so I I hear you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, right? Amen. Amen. Uh, So I'm a big systems guy. I believe in that there's a system in process because I'm not... When I look at real estate, I don't look at it as necessarily always like the asset. I look at it as a business. We just happen to right. operate where the assets are pieces of real estate. So the people in which we tend to work with and have spent a lot of time on helping people escape their job is through a business model that produces consistent returns. If you do A, it produces B. That's why the systems and processes are so important because- right. It's impossible to create consistent cash flow and and create consistent wealth unless there are systems and processes in place. Because trust me, I've been part of businesses that there's no systems and processes and we're running around their head cut off. And then I've been part of businesses where we have very specific steps and procedures to get a specific result that we want. And again, you can do this in real estate, you can do whatever industry you're in. But an interesting point, just kind of taking a right turn, an interesting point yep. that you brought up was real estate, you can affect the asset's value. Right in creative real estate, which is really cool, is that you can actually create equity or create value by simply offering it to a different end buyer, which is interesting because when we buy real estate through creative financing and we're utilizing one of our techniques, we then sell to buyers that need time in order to qualify for loans through what we consider a rent-to-own program, which means that we can actually create a higher price point for the exact same property that would sold for a lower price on the traditional market. We can raise the price now, which means that we can actually affect the asset and the actual purchase and value of that asset long-term because we're selling it at higher prices because we've more or less created the equity in the property. So you can even affect it without utilizing a paintbrush. So tell me how you do that. Yeah, so good point. So let's walk through the process. So let's say we go to a seller and we go ahead and we purchase a property. Let's use a simple one, a, a lease purchase agreement. So we buy the property, we take control over the property, we lock in a specific amount of equity with that seller, which gives us the ability to get principal pay down and get equity in the property. So we bought it at a price, we bought it at a monthly payment. What we then do is we sell the property at a premium. Our buyers are knowing and willing to pay a premium on the property because they need time in order to qualify for loans. So the time in which they actually buy this house, maybe 24, 36, 48 months down the road, which means that today we could technically buy it at market value and sell it at a premium because our buyers won't accept that premium because they need time. 
Right. So you can manufacture an increase in equity day one by selling the property at a premium without actually touching the property at all. It's just the way in which you sell the property gives you the ability to increase the price on it. And so the whole idea here is time, right? So that you know that time. residential properties are going to appreciate at a certain rate in a certain area over a period of time, let's say a year. And then with each year that goes by, it appreciates even more. And then from that point, you can then calculate, okay, if I'm buying a property at 300,000, it's going to grow at, I don't know, 4% a year. So that you're going to basically add 12 and then 13, five, and then 15 grand hypothetically to the property's value. And you can then turn around and sell that property for 330,000 or more. We're always increasing the price within reason. Sure. You're way more technically dialed in as far as the actual science. It's more of an art than it is a science. I'll be honest okay. with you. Okay. Uh, because let's look at like the last two years i bought a property and then i sold the property at a 44 percent increase so it's unpredictable i mean even yeah. none of us can really predict it but what we can do is increase the property within reason because we're giving our buyers time in order to not only go get a mortgage but we're giving them time to increase their deposit which means they actually need to get less of a mortgage payment long term which always brings us in that realm of the property being okay to appraise so even if because they just need to qualify for what do they need for the mortgage. So we right. can always raise the price day one just because a buyer needs time in order to qualify for a loan. And then us as the investors, we get to capture three things. So we create three streams of income from one property. We create yeah. a non-refundable deposit day one, buyer walks in, three to 10% yeah. of the purchase price, day one in our pocket. And sometimes we increase it over time. Then we create monthly residual cash flow because we're either paying a mortgage or paying right. a seller. And we're selling it for a higher price. So that's our consistent cash flow. And then we're building an equity into the property throughout the process as well, because every month we're making a monthly payment, the principal balance on that loan is going down. So we're creating equity. Plus we've risen the price for, as a premium. So there's always additional equity on the back end. Right so on. now we're creating cash now, cash monthly. And then at some point in time in the future, we'll then get a nice chunk of change that goes into our bank account from work that we did three, five, 10 years ago. And the buyer is benefiting or the person who's buying from prop is benefiting because they're moving into a place way faster than they probably could. And they're cleaning up their credit and saving up for an additional down payment and getting their ducks in a row, which is a phenomenal way to get into the American dream, right? Owning your own home is the basis of that, right? Yeah. Let's take a step down that pathway just because I was a tenant buyer at one point in time. So my first property that me and my wife bought. We were living in Newport, Rhode Island. Again, very tourist-driven city, small ocean city. We wanted to get out a couple of towns over, which was a little bit more laid back. Yep. We had my first son at the time. He was about one years old, and we were expecting to have my daughter in the next couple of years as well. So we went ahead and we bought a property. We were cherry picking, right? We were buying real estate and any property that was in a certain town, I would call on and say, hey, I'm interested in buying your property. I'm looking to buy it on creative financing, like owner financing or, or a lease yeah. option. But if I don't buy it, my company will buy it. You have a couple options here. So we end up coming across the property. It overlooks the Sakonic River. So Aquidneck Island and where we live is an island. And there's yep. two rivers that run it. So overlooking the Conant River, it's a, like a contemporary property. So I could see why it may not have sold. And there were some things that need to be updated. But we end up going in and we buy this property. I buy it for $2,500 down on a three-year lease option. And I pay another $2,500 
in six months. The way in which we structure this deal is we lock in the seller's equity day one. So this seller happens to have a 15 year mortgage. So every monthly payment I make to him, which was just over 2000, $1,000 of that was coming off of his principal. So that means I was building an equity consistently or the amount yep. of money that I actually need to come up with to close it out. Me and my wife, we pour some money into it, get it fixed up, do some additional things. The market increases. We decide, hey, we're not going to live in this property anymore. We're going to go ahead and we're going to exercise our option. We're going to go sell it on the traditional market. So we bought it for like 525. So now what we owe the sells like 475. We sell for 650. Wow. And then we take care of the realtor fees and all that as well because sure, we, sure, had, sure. we had control over it. So we walked away with like $113,000. So this is how we went from Zach and Kayla, my wife, that couldn't qualify for a loan, were self-employed, need time for seasoning. Really was, I was stressing myself. There was no way I could afford a half a million dollar house at the time, but we saw an opportunity. We jumped in, we did that. We then sold that property. We took that money, which was like the first big bank for my buck. Like this is where it started. Me and Kayla's life started to change. And I'm telling the story because if you just learn creative finance, you just go buy your first house or to go buy a second home, it starts to increase your wealth because you don't have to deal with right. banks. So we take that money, we go ahead and we buy another property, which is a traditional sale. We put down some money and then we fix up that property. We go another two years, that market skyrockets. We sell that property pull another about $175,000 in equity from that property. And then awesome. we move back to central Massachusetts where we're actually originally from. And we buy it and we trade in basically a Cape on the Island for a big colonial in an amazing school system in a great town. And I tell you this because each and every one of you that are listening, the little things, the little steps that me and my wife took that have changed our lives through real estate. And we just, and that's just, that's not even the business. That's just us from a personal standpoint and how we kept rolling forward from an opportunity that we had. We took $2,500 or really five grand down and we turned it into a giant colonial house with a great amount of equity into it. And we're able to roll that forward. And you can certainly do that too through creative financing and just find these opportunities. That's amazing. What a story. That's fantastic. And everybody here that's listening can do exactly what you just did. You just described and again, you know, it's funny, my wife, so there was a point in my life where I was flipping houses and my wife turned to me and she said, at what point do you use your skills for us? And I was mm -hmm. like, what do you mean? She said, well, I'd like a house closer to the water. And so I said, all right, well, here's the deal. I want it to be a disaster. It has to be vacant. I want either animals or some form of dead body mm -hmm. in the basement. I want environmental problems. I want everything that could possibly go wrong with a building. I want you to find this. You can find that. I'll use my powers for good and create that. And like two weeks later, she came back to me. I was like, you mean like this? And it was a nightmare of a house in Charlestown, Rhode Island, not too far from where oh, you no, are. That's great. great and, uh, and we spent the better part of a year swinging a hammer and fixing it up. And now it's our little teeny tiny house. It's like 1,200 square feet, but it's paradise. And it's amazing what you can do when you're looking for a specific thing when you focus, right? And also it's amazing what you can accomplish when you have the tools, the blueprint, like you just laid out to be able to turn $2,500 and then $5,000 into several hundred thousand dollars in equity and be able to not only live in a really nice house, but the other thing that really struck me when you were telling that story is a really good school system, which means your kids are starting on first base, not home plate at least, mm -hmm. 
in terms of the education that they're going to get, which sets them up for the rest of their lives. So, you know, you can really affect the lives of the people around you just by executing a system that's tried and true. Yeah, it's been an amazing run. Certainly, it's just the beginning. But yeah, that was a, a big thing for my wife and I. We wanted to ensure the kids got in a good school system. That's where we moved back to our hometown. Uh, Massachusetts, yeah. I believe right now, is number one in the nation in schools, and Shrewsbury was like top 10. So yeah, yeah it's been very important for at our stage in life right now to get them there. And really, all that happened in hindsight, which was a move that we made five years or seven years ago, which is insane. Right. And that's a, you know, relatively speaking, that's a very short period of time. And your lives are oh, yeah. completely transformed just by being smart and working a system. Are you interested in real estate investing right here in Connecticut? Ever wonder where all those real estate investing pros hang out to network? Did you know the Connecticut Real Estate Investors Association will introduce you to those investors and will help you learn how to find deals, fund those deals, and even teach you how to do it without leaving your current job? Go to ctrea.com, that's C-T-R-E-I-A.com, and click on the events button to register for an upcoming event. Hope to see you soon. Buying investment real estate is both thrilling and sometimes stressful. Without a lending expert by your side, most investors don't stand a chance. That's where CTREA Funding comes in. CTREA Funding was founded by investors to help investors just like you fund their deals. Whether you're buying a single-family rehab, an apartment building, or really any investment property, our team will understand your deal and help you close quickly. Go to CTREIAfunding.com or call us at 860-876-0572. So let's talk further about this system. So I know that you and Chris and Nick and the rest of the team at Wicked Smart, and I know I'm not pronouncing that right because I'm from Connecticut, so I don't have that New England accent. But can you tell us a little bit more about the system and how people can learn more about it and get involved? Yeah, absolutely. And just so you know, Ed, just in case you missed it, Connecticut is part of New England. Aren't we so glad us being from Massachusetts that the Patriots didn't move to Hartford because then it would have completely thrown off everyone's accent in Connecticut. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. you guys, it was a bullet dodge as far as I'm concerned because then they turned out and started winning a bunch of Super Bowls. So everybody's happy about that, except the Giant fans, but they, you know, forget them. Yeah, exactly. So the best way to get started, and you can't learn creative financing in, say, a 30-minute podcast, well, right. I hope today we're showing you the power of, even from a personal standpoint, how creative financing just utilized in the right way to put you in a great position to build wealth long-term. So I want to ensure that everybody goes ahead and gets a, a copy of our first Amazon best-selling book, which is Real Estate on Your Terms. So the link, and I'm sure you'll include this in the show notes, the link is wickedsmartbook.com forward slash underground, wickedsmartbooks.com dot com forward slash underground awesome. everyone get Thank a free you. copy we will ship it out to you hardcover we'll ship it out to you you'll enjoy it and that will be a good baseline you can hear all of our background stories but also the intricacies of our model and creative financing and i just finished reading it and it's a great read it's highly educational and it also taught me all about your company and who you guys are and what you all stand for and you know i really enjoyed it one of the cool things you told me before we started recording was that not only, you know, have you helped a lot of people, but you're growing awfully fast. For the folks that aren't seeing the video, Zach has a Inc. 5000 hat on. Why don't you tell everybody what that represents? Inc. 5000 is really a list of the top 5,000 
growing companies, privately owned, fastest growing companies in the United States. And as far as I know, we are the only real estate coaching company inside the Inc. 5000. And really, I mean, that sounds really cool, right? That we're growing fast. But what it does really state is that we have our systems, our processes, we have everything dialed in for us to enable to show students exactly how to do what we've done for the past 10 years in creative financing. And over the past 30 years or 50 years, really, if you add up all of our experience in real estate period, so that way you can ensure that when you do come and work with us and help you build and scale your portfolio through creative financing, that you're with the right people. Because I'll be honest, they don't just let anyone into the Inc. 5000. We have to go through extreme vetting process in order to ensure that everything that we tell them is up to date and is legitimate. So it's certainly a process that we go through. We felt that though is important because then we can show how we are differently operating than most other in our space. It is all about, I'll tell you this, about our company and we're, we're family driven. So our success begins when you enter into our program, meaning it all starts when you enter in and now we can start helping you do deals. Unfortunately, most other people in our niche or industry, their success ends when you buy something. Ours begins because we want to start the process with you and help you grow and scale your business long-term. So that's why uh, Inc. 5000 was so important to us. Uh, I think really represents us. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a clear representative of the fact that you're adding tons of value to lots and lots and lots of people who are then passing it along to their friends and their friends and their friends. And it's allowing you to grow because you're genuinely affecting to the positive, the lives of all the people that walk in your door, right? Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you mentioned your book and I know that leaders are readers and you're the chief operating officer at your company. How do you, and it's not necessarily books these days, right? It can be podcasts and Kindles and audiobooks and all that, you know, depending. So I'm curious, how do you consume information and who are you paying attention to these days? It's a fantastic question. I have a three and a five-year-old, or they're about to be three and five. So I don't get to read as much as I would like to. Uh, right. My vacation used to consist of going up to the mountains, putting the fire on, and reading books. Yeah. They now consist of going up to the mountains, putting the fire on, and chasing the kids. And being outside. Which is more fun, by the way. So, it is. But I'm a big audible listening to her. So hear me, listening to her. So Zach is in its finest. So... When I was changing and developing, so something that we didn't hit on, which was I went through a major drug abuse scenario when I was a kid, and I had to really come out of that. So those of you that read the book, I tell some of that story there. So a major piece for me was to focus on my personal development, because if I worked on me, everything else kind of happened. Yep. So that has now been ingrained in me. So every single day that I go to the gym, which is at least five, if not six days a week, I always listen to at least half of my workout in Audible or a podcast because I treat them as like the same. It's my development time, my working out in my, what I'm listening to. Mind and body. Then I'll switch over. Yeah. Then I'll switch over to some music to finish up the workout strong. So currently what I'm listening to is the Almanac of Naval Ravikant which was, uh, I know it sounds really fancy, but yeah, tell me. Uh, Naval Ravikant is a big tech angel investor. And, okay. and it's really a breakdown. So Tim Ferriss and Eric Jorgensen wrote it with him or for him. 
So it's really accumulation of his podcasts and his things. And he's really focused on three things, which is health, wealth, and time. And he brings up this interesting thing, and I think it's totally worth this right now. He brings up this interesting concept. He said that when you're young, you have your health in time. You don't have to do anything and you have your health. Then when you're older, you have your health, like say your middle age, you have your health in money. So you start to accumulate money. Then when you are old, you have time and money, but not your health. So he says that we're on this concept of trying to find day in and day out the balance of having time, money, and health. And if you can figure that out, then that's really like the key to happiness. Or the key that's a rich to- life, right? Wow, that makes a lot um, of sense. Which is hard. And as soon as he said that, it was like an epiphany. I was like, oh, that makes total sense. So that's just been a cool, powerful book. It's only like four hours long. It's not very big. Yeah. But I always... I'll give you one other powerful book because you probably don't yeah. hear, I guess you don't hear these on this because usually it's like, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is awesome. Or yeah. like some of those other real estate investment or business. Four hour work week. Yeah, the greatest hits, right? Yeah. Another really powerful book that hit me this year was Green Light by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, ah, it's on my incredible list. Incredible book. Yeah. Incredible book. One of those types of books that you want to read it again. And listening to it on Audible was amazing because it was him reading it on Audible. So that was an amazing story on how he's gone through everything and really cool insights to his entire life. That's very relatable for any of us. So I'm a big fan of hitting mindset things. I'm a big fan of listening to like Michael Dell's new book was amazing. Mm-hmm. He built Dell and then also focused on, you know, the skill sets in themselves as well. Mm-hmm. So those are two of them that I thought would maybe be outside of the realm of this normal podcast. Yeah. You, so green lights is actually on my list. I haven't gotten to it yet, but the other one. Put it to um, the top. Okay. All right. Well, I try to read a book every, I try every week, but it's usually every couple of weeks. So that one will definitely get bumped up. And I appreciate the one. Can you repeat the title? Naval? Naval Ravikant. The Almanac Naval. of Naval Ravikant. Okay. You just type it in. Yeah. it's a, I'll find it. It's brand new. Tim Ferriss wrote the foreword and it was really good. Uh, well, we'll be putting that in the show notes as well. So thanks. Definitely yeah. a holistic approach. Excellent. Excellent. So when not talking about real estate, you know, it's, I'm, I'm asking this question and I have, I'm replaying a tape in my head of my uncle. So I have two girls who are much older. They're both teenagers at this point. When my uncle was asking me, you know, what do you do for hobbies? Like, how do you spend your time? And, and I said, I have kids. <laughs> That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm oh, about sure. to ask you the same question. So other than your real estate world and chasing the little ones around, what else do you like to do and how do you spend your time? No, it's interesting. I'm going to hit on two extremes here because sure. that, that's just me as a, my personality here. So I honestly just love business in general. Like if you don't, if we're not talking about real estate, more than likely we're talking about business because in my perspective is like real estate is a business and I just oh, yeah. love the building blocks and the scaling of businesses. It just it blows my mind and it's so much fun is because it's, it's really an art and a science combined at the same time. It's like the mix between creativity and structure and finding that balance is what I would consider. It's like my art. It's, a, it's like my, yeah, it's a yin yeah, and a yang, like, right? So I love spending time talking about that and growing a scale business, talking about new ideas, talking with entrepreneurs, because it's really hard for me to sit in a room with somebody that's not an entrepreneur because it's not that it's their fault. It's just I don't have as much in common with them because I can't right. talk about these things. I try to surround myself with entrepreneurs on that end as well. But then on the extreme, uh, I'm a big fan of hiking. If I'm not in Massachusetts, I'm usually up in Vermont. I spend a lot of time up in Stowe. 
okay. which is an amazing place to be. So either nice. hiking or golfing, I enjoy that as well, or simply just hanging out with the kids. And I'm really trying to get my son, because he's about five years old, into sports now. So because I was a big football, baseball throughout my entire life. So now I'm trying to force feed my son into into right. the team sports here. Now we all too. do it. So that we will, all do that, it, brother. That will consume me soon enough, I'm sure. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. My daughter does travel a lot softball and it's, we are somewhere in this country every weekend, 40 weekends a year. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah, a lot one of, of fun. our head coaches are there. One of my head coaches was actually a traveling softball team for his daughter who ends up to get a full scholarship. I think like San Jose state. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. 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 So they come hang out with our community. I'll introduce you to him. He's, uh, I'd love that. He retired being a PE teacher and now is a full-time real estate investor and coach. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, so Zach, great. I've really enjoyed getting to know you. If people want to reach out and chat with you or pick your brain or become part of the coaching program or whatever else, what's the best way to get in touch with you and get your attention? I'll go ahead and say that free link for our book again. If you go ahead and you grab the book, it's absolutely free. You'll enter into our community. You'll enter into different ways in which to communicate with us. So that's a good starting point. And also we'll know that they came directly from this podcast. So we can thank you, Ed, when they come into the community, yeah. we can help them affect their lives. Just wickedsmartbooks.com forward slash underground. We'll grab the book, the great starting point to see if creative finding this is the avenue or the vehicle Good. to get you to where you want to be in life. Awesome. Well, Zach, I really appreciate it. It's good to see you, and I'm glad you're well, and hopefully we'll get to see each other soon. So thanks for your time today. Thanks, Ed. Appreciate it. This has been the Real Estate Underground Podcast, a CT RIA presentation. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, post it in the comments. For more information on the Real Estate Underground Podcast or CT RIA, go to realestateundergroundpodcast.com or ctria.com. Until next time, happy investing.